Welcome, everyone. You are tuned in to CFUV 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the traditional territories of the uh, Lagwankan peoples and Wasanish-speaking peoples. And I'm here today interviewing Steph Wall, and I'm really excited to chat a little bit and uh, introduce you all to some of Steph's music. So to start off, Steph, could I please ask you to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Steph Wall. I'm a singer-songwriter from Vancouver, BC. I uh, make alternative country jazz music, and I'm here to talk about my last project and my upcoming one. Awesome, and thank you so much for your time, Steph. Uh, so, thank you. Yeah, jumping right into it, could you maybe share a little bit about kind of your story of getting into music? Yeah, um, so... I've really been into music all my life, like from the time that I can remember. Um, my family is very, very musical. Uh, my mom's side that I grew up mostly are all German Mennonite. And um, I'm not into the faith, but uh, I was really into the music. And there was a lot of singing around holidays. And, um, you know, I did go to church until I was about 11 um, so that was a huge influence, um, especially when just like everyone around me also loved listening to music. Um, and then around age 11, I started taking professional voice lessons and uh, started writing my own music around then as well and, and started to record around 14. Wow, that's so cool. I think having that like family tie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah this may be kind of a funny question but do you remember what prompted you into like your first foray into songwriting maybe my first what kind of um I feel like I used a word that I don't even know exactly what it means for <laughs> foray but like your first kind of step into songwriting was there something that like inspired you to do that oh my god I think it was because I had a crush on somebody and like their family was also extremely musical and we were quite close and uh i i think i kind of like wanted to impress this kid and like um i just i remember the first song that i wrote was like about a tree outside of my window that like you know it was like so cheesy like that i wanted to like sit with someone or something and um and then we actually started playing together and then we would like use that song as like one of our openers wow so you kind of you created the world you wanted with that song it sounds like (laughs) yeah i mean like there would have probably been something else that would have like instigated the songwriting but like it feels very appropriate that it was a crush because i write a lot of love songs so (laughs) I think that's such a cool, that's such a cool origin. And it's interesting to see that, like, you kind of, to this day, enjoy writing in that kind of style. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really neat. And so I guess, like, from, I guess, that moment onwards, you started writing songs. Was it kind of a, and then you never looked back situation for you? Totally. I mean, we definitely have, like, a love-hate relationship, as I feel a lot of songwriters do, but... Yeah, it's, I've I've written ever since, pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I'm curious if you want to share a little bit about maybe, like, kind mm-hmm. of from 14 till now, what does it look like, your mm-hmm. kind of pathway in music? Well, 
Um, I had, I'm going to have to think about this for a second. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I would say I started really getting into music because of my friends and the influence that they were having about the music I was listening to. And like, I was very into radio so I was, and pop music. So I always just had stations going in my room and like playing CDs and stuff like that. Um, and my boyfriend at the time was introducing me to a lot of musicians that were in East band that I didn't know yet. Cause I was growing up uh, in the West side of Vancouver mm-hmm. And they, all of these kids I was meeting were very, like, wrapped up in jazz. And um, that was around, like, 16 or 17 that I met all of these people. And um, they ended up forming a band uh, called the Rossi Gang. And uh, we formed, like, this gigantic community of musicians that kind of, like, would come in and out of this band and that's how I got exposed to jazz. Um, I also had a guitar teacher named Randy Ponzio who uh, tragically died around age six. I was age 16 who had a very influential um, involvement in like my writing process and like genre. And um, so those two kind of huge parts of my life colliding uh, where like I was losing this kind of mentor figure and then gaining this giant community of like jazz musicians was really interesting. Um, And then it just kind of developed from there. I started learning a lot of jazz standards and um, taking lessons from like big jazz singers that were better based in Canada and then in New Orleans and, um, and writing in those styles, but then I got really into country music, so that kind of started bleeding into the jazz. (laughs) Um, Which, uh, yeah, a lot of my friends in that jazz community started really getting into country as well and started, like, melding the two genres together. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I guess what you're kind of speaking to is, like, yeah, the importance and influence of having, like, kind of your musical community around you. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm curious if you would want to, um, maybe first speak a little bit to what you alluded to of kind of your time in New Orleans and maybe that, uh, influence on your, on your music as well. Yeah. Um, so I was actually there from ages 19 to 24 on and off for like months at a time every year. Um, and it was because this like community of jazz musicians I was um, with were going down there as well. And um, I decided to go down there and just check it out and like see if I wanted to kind of like go all in and, and really like learn from the people that like live in the birthplace of jazz. And, um, and as soon as I got down there, I, I really just loved it so much and wanted to spend as much time there as possible. Uh, yeah, it's just a very, it's a very special place because it's just like, unlike anywhere else, you're just like completely 
surrounded by music 24-7, and it's such a huge part of the city. So I would just find, like, whenever I would go down there for extended amounts of time, my creativity would just be at an all-time high because my emotions were at an all-time high. Um, And it it was just, like, an extremely important time for my songwriting development, I feel like, and also, like, to just, really get to know my voice as an instrument and like learning from these amazing people yeah that sounds really like a powerful experience and I'm curious if you could kind of describe like a day there like what are the sounds what are like what are you seeing what are you doing just to kind of paint a picture Mm -hmm. for for me and for anyone who's tuned in Oh, man. Well, I uh, was drinking quite a bit at that time, So, and I would go to a show every single night. So I would uh, wake up a little bit hungover, probably, and groggy from dancing and all that. Um, and I would go down to a coffee shop that was near my house, and it would usually be, like, quite hot and muggy. And um, my favorite time of year was, like, actually around like October, like April-ish. So like fall and spring. Um, Cause just like some of the floral scents are just so intoxicating and like there's citrus trees everywhere. And um, then I would usually spend like three to four hours at a coffee shop, um, seeing friends, writing, reading, getting some food, probably going down to the French Quarter to try to busk to make some money, um, and just seeing whoever was down there to play with. Like, that's kind of the beautiful thing about New Orleans, is you can really go any to pretty much any neighborhood and find somebody playing music, and, like, everyone's just so welcoming and warm that um, it's very easy to just, suddenly be spending the day with someone that like you literally just met Mm. um and so like you gotta think about all those kind of things that come into play with your day as well there because it's just like the time moves so differently down there there's not no one is really like hustling like I find um in a lot of other parts of North America it's very like it can be very, there's like work happening and there's, um, you know, like lots of, lots to do and stuff, but it's just, uh, there's a different schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, then I would usually cook dinner and like probably meet up with friends again. And then uh, we would probably get ready to go out to a show, maybe two shows, maybe three shows, depending on what night of the week it is, and what time of year. And, um, yeah, usually you can, like, walk home pretty late at night and it's still just, like, so warm. Wow. I'm, like, marveling at that description and the, like, that just, that sounds like a space where you can really sink into creativity and the spontaneity of, like, meeting people who are also musicians, also looking for these kind of creative opportunities so I can, totally. I can see why you were drawn to it and why you kept going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
and from your time there um like can you speak to maybe like some things that you might have like taken away or that like you kind of have kept in your creative process or in your music from that time and experience uh well something that just really really helped was um being able to just be so close to absolute like jazz legends who had just like you know you're meeting families that have been like involved in this like tradition of music for generations and um they're like willing to you know let you learn it and teach it to you and like that's such a like that's such a gift that I think um I really treasure just being welcomed into that space um and a huge lesson that came out of being able to be taught by people like Topsy Chapman, who's like a uh, amazing gospel jazz singer who used to sing alongside like Sarah Vaughn and like Ella and people like that is um, they really teach you how to like tap into the emotion of the song. And I feel like that's something that a lot of singers, um, especially when you're leaning more into like, country or pop like you, it can get lost in the sauce a little bit like you kind of forget how much potency there are there is in the lyrics um and my teachers down there would always just push me so hard to emote and I really needed to hear that so um it's brought a lot of like I guess awareness to when I'm writing or when I'm listening to something that's really striking me is how it makes me feel. Um, and I think that's such an important aspect of music in general. So yeah, lots of lessons, but those are kind of like the two big takeaways I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like I can speak as someone who's listened to some of your music, like I feel definitely that sense of like, your emotion coming through in the song so I, I think that's really neat Thank to hear you. um I'm curious mm -hmm. I'm curious too like you mentioned just like maybe that sense of community and like willingness to share um mm -hmm. is that something that you find is unique to jazz unique to New Orleans or uh what's your experience been of that with sharing music in general yeah I guess so and like kind of skill sharing yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I feel like I've been really blessed in, um, in how music has been taught to me and like shared with me in general, because like, I, it's so important to share music and to share songs and like teach people songs and stuff like that, because it is community building in my in my view and like it's um it's so special to be able to like give that to somebody and like be inclusive and like to just make it kind of like an open invitation um and that's something that I was uh really lucky to find with this community when I was younger and then again in New Orleans, like I, it was kind of like that, but tenfold, like, <laughs> cause you're just, cause there's just so many more musicians there. It's 
like a city of musicians. So that's also why it's so special is because that's just like the whole um, environment there. But yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's really important for like, especially for live music too. Like that's a huge aspect of just being able to build community and, happiness which sounds really cheesy but I just um I'm just so happy that live shows are back so it's uh and like it just makes me think about how much we need it in our lives you know Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I think like that sense of like you know like appreciating even more now the role that live music can play I cheesy as it is happiness absolutely I agree Um, (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's integral like I can I get such a different like I get so much energy from it like not even just performing but just being in that atmosphere because it's just there's nothing like it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can 100% agree. Having never performed and only ever just, you know, existed in that <laughs> presence, I, I value yeah. that so much. Yeah, totally. So I guess if you're if you're open to it, I'd be curious to hear a little bit about, you know, your last album that you released, Wall Place Hall. Would you be comfortable mm-hmm. sharing a bit about the process that kind of went into creating this album? you know, having heard a little bit about maybe some of those creative influences and that community that you had, what did that experience look like for you? Yeah, so um, the reason why this album came to fruition was because um, a a really good friend of mine and a collaborator by the name of Hannah Hall, who has like given me songs in the past on my last my last two records before this last one um she decided to like pretty much give me almost an album's worth of songs and it was like an idea that we'd kind of like tossed around jokingly before she gave them to me um but she took it really seriously and and um just kind of like bestowed them to me and and then I wrote about uh, three other songs that like weren't really I wasn't taking that seriously because um, I wasn't planning on recording an album so soon but as soon as Hannah gave me these songs everybody was really gung-ho to you know get them in the studio and stuff and I just loved them so much that I knew that we had to kind of, and we had such a good um, kind of like crew of people that were down to work on this project so it just kind of felt like the stars were aligning Mm -hmm. and um yeah and she there was this one song that I wrote which is um peas and rice and Hannah said if I didn't include that song on the album uh she wouldn't let me record these other songs and I'm so happy she did because it's just like one of my favorite songs I've written I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. and um yeah it was it was really interesting because my friend Sophie Noel um who's also an amazing musician and I uh we drove down to New Orleans for the first time for both of us and um we had just done a show together that was like about a lot of them were Hannah Hall songs that she had um given me and 
uh, including these six. And um, we just kind of workshopped them all the way down to New Orleans and back and a couple of the other songs that I was thinking about putting on the album. And um, I just, it just all kind of fell into place perfectly. And as soon as we got home, we started rehearsing and I think we banged the whole album out within like eight hours, Um, which was, yeah, I think the fastest I've ever, (laughs) ever done an album. (laughs) Yeah, that's like so speedy in my understanding of how long it would take to record something. So it sounds like yeah, lots of time on the car ride to refine and practice, eh? Totally, for sure. It was super fun, too. Mm, that's awesome. And yeah, Peas and Rice that you mentioned is one of the tracks that I really wanted to include in this. Uh, so I'm glad it's awesome. one of your favorites. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. And I guess one of my questions for you as well was if you could speak to the meaning of this album's title. But I think... Um, you kind of have <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean we kind of we like it was mostly Hannah who came up with it and it just kind of felt very obvious and like kind of perfect and then we just like threw two of our really good friends on the cover jumping out of the cake and that just kind of tied the whole thing together perfectly for us <laughs> yeah that is a perfect album cover for folks to Thank take a look you. at as well <laughs> Um, yeah, it's funny because I was kind of curious if you were speaking to kind of the like music halls in New Orleans or something like that. But now I understand oh, so yeah. much more. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. And Thanks. out of that album, like what was your experience in releasing it and kind of, um, yeah, I guess just like for you, was that like that all came together? You had this like kind of group and support like. How did it feel putting this out into the world once you had it ready? Um, It was tough because we released it in November of 2019, and I'd had a really crazy year. Um, we had, I just got my first, like, uh, PT permit, which is, like, a performance visa for the States, and uh, we'd done some festivals and stuff down there, and I was just kind of riding this, like, big high from traveling and releasing this project. Um, but I didn't do any like PR or single releases. And uh, that was tough because looking back, I really wish that I'd kind of um, made a bigger deal of the release. And Uh, We did have, like, a California-Washington tour that we were excited about going on in 2020, but um, obviously that didn't happen because of the pandemic. Um, So it was was kind of um, a bit of a sad uh, release just because of the way that things unraveled, because I really wish we could have toured that album. but I still love, like, everything on that project. I, it's, like, definitely my favorite album to date so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, like, disappointment of not having a chance to really, you know, go out and then, like, share this with the world in, in that live way. Mm-hmm. That is so yeah. challenging. Totally. I'm I'm curious if you kind of like looking back could highlight some of the tracks from your album as singles 
off the top of your head? Do you have oh, any? Yeah, I would definitely say I'm going to be bad again would be number one. Um, I love Shotgun Blues. I think that has really fun, uh, like, high-end energy. And Peas and Rice, like, all three of those are some of my faves. Awesome. Yeah, those are also all three of those tracks that I was really excited to highlight. So I think I'll probably play some of those for folks who are tuned in. Okay, and then I'm curious if you wanted to chat a little bit about... Um, you know, like for I'm Gonna Go Bad Again, you have a really great video. Um, and something that you Thank mentioned you. to me in the pre, pre-interview pre was that you have an affinity of cars. So I'm with cars. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear mm-hmm. you share a little bit about, about that and its tie-in maybe to, yeah, your creative process. Like, I'm Gonna Go Bad Again. You know, you're in, in the parking <laughs> lot, <laughs> hanging out around some cars. <laughs> Could you share a little bit about maybe the process of creating that and, yeah, the, the role that cars play in this too? Well, uh, yeah, I, I've loved cars since I was little. Um, my uncle had a 1973 white and MG convertible. Mm-hmm. And um, my, a lot of my family lives in Abbotsford. So like twice a year, um, even more, if I was lucky, we would like go ride down Highway Zero, like in this two seater and like listen to tapes and just like, it was just awesome. Some really special memories uh, in that car. And, um, yeah, just, like, I did some really big road trips um, in my early 20s, and I, including that, like, big road trip to New Orleans and back, and um, that just kind of... Also, when I was, like, around 20, a couple of my friends had, like, uh, silver and gold Cadillacs that we would drive around a lot. Um, so they just kind of have this like perfect, like romanticism about them that is just like so hard to find in any other <laughs> thing I feel like. And, um, and I feel like for I'm going to be bad again, I wanted cars to be involved um because of the year that i had had and like the involvement of cars within the album especially shotgun blues and um even like the drummer in that music video max earchuck he's like sitting with a kit like in the bed of a pickup truck that my friend derek has (laughs) so like you know it just it felt um it just kind of like that road trip uh, to New Orleans just kind of like reconfirmed my love for cars and it was cool to have them involved in the music video. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think it's just, it's such a fun video. I really recommend folks to go check it out after they listen. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah that's so cool. And just for, for you, like what was the experience of kind of making a music video? Like you looked like you were having a ton of fun in it. I'm curious if that was true. <laughs> yeah, I was, so nervous I was so incredibly nervous um I I also voice act um so I but I never have my face on camera so um it just kind of felt extremely vulnerable and I was afraid of just looking like expressionless because I was so nervous um but it was really fun to like have my friends there and they were all so excited and like we all got really dressed up and um 
it was really fun, like, doing a music video within the Duffins parking lot, which I, we were kind of nervous that, like, the staff were going to be pissed, but they were actually pumped and, like, wanted a coffee afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's, like, now looking back and, like, looking at the final product, I was, like, just so happy with it that it makes me really excited about, like, thinking about ideas for this next album and like the music videos that I want to shoot. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so awesome. And I love that little tidbit about the Duff and Donuts staff being excited yeah! as well. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's so sweet. And honestly, yeah, I think just when I first saw that video, I was like, this is really cool. This is such a like Vancouver like place to film something. I think it was really sweet. Totally. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so one thing that you just mentioned, and I'm curious if you'll share a little bit more, is like voice acting, I think, is such an interesting um, but logical thing as a jazz singer for me. But I'm curious to hear your pathway to that. Totally. Um, well, my first singing or not my first, my like one of my singing teachers um, who I'm still really close with, Rebecca Shoykit, she um, was has been a voice actor for a long time and she really recommended it to me because it's a similar skill set and I also just love making silly voices like I've just been making them for you know ever (laughs) and um I just really like when the pandemic hit and we weren't able to tour I was trying to like think about other career options that I could kind of do that made sense Um, that I could still be creative in Mm -hmm. and this just kind of seemed like the most fun and logical Um, so I decided to go to school like pretty much throughout the pandemic and um, now I'm kind of looking for agents and I my dream is to be in a cartoon for sure I'm curious if you have, like, a cartoon that you watch and you wish you voice acted in or something, like, of the vibe. Oh, that makes my sense. God. Oof. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything, yeah, right away. But, yeah, I just, like, I would love to be some kind of, like, mythical creature if possible. <laughs> I hope that comes true for you. I feel like it's such a cool... Thank you. Yeah, that's such a cool... Like, it makes sense, like you just shared, like the skill set being similar. And I think what mm-hmm. a cre- what a creative way to kind of keep on being able to practice creativity while maybe, yeah, making money remotely, for example. Totally. Exactly. Well, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing about mm-hmm. that. Um, for sure. So my next question for you is, would you like to share about any upcoming releases and kind of what folks can look forward to? And I guess I'll kind of spoil this with, I know that you just very recently released a couple demos on Bandcamp. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you want to kind of speak to those as well? Yeah. um, So those two demos are going to also be on on my new album that we'll be recording in November in Yellow Point, BC. Um, And... Yeah, we're, we should be having our first actual release in March of 2023. Um, but yeah, these two singles that I just released are uh, some of my favorites that are going to be on this album that just kind of like 
have a really playful kind of almost surfy vibe um, that I wrote on the island last summer. Mm-hmm. And you can find them on Bandcamp right now. Awesome. And again, I think I'll play Pearl and Public Pool for folks to take a listen mm-hmm. to. Um, so you said you're recording in Yellow Point? Yeah, we're going to be at Risque Disc. Very cool. I I grew up very nearby there, so that's that's a beautiful place to be. Oh my god! Amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited to be in like nature, not have to just like go outside and be greeted with like a ton of traffic, (laughs) and you know, be able to just kind of merge myself within the studio. Yeah. No, I think you're gonna. Well, I I personally find that to be a really beautiful space to spend time, and I I hope that it, it suits you perfectly. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I guess like one kind of like question for you is where folks who are tuned in can list, go to find you and listen to some of your stuff. If you want to like plug your social media where they can kind of. Yeah. Um, well, I have an Instagram. It's underscore jazz bitch underscore as well as a TikTok, which is underscore jazz bitch without the i underscore um and then i also have my band camp which is Deathwall Bandcamp, as well as Deathwall on spotify and anywhere else you listen to music awesome thank you so much steph and i guess just as a kind of close i wonder do you have any like things that you'd like to share with anyone who's tuned in or any questions that you know you'd love to be asked that i can post to you now um no i think i'm i think i'm all good yeah thank you yeah well thank you so much for your time and i am really looking forward to hearing your new release when it's out thank you and thank you so much for having me